and welcome to the sanctuary a safe space to speak from the heart i'm your host israel my guest today is beth adron the owner of poison pair beth thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary today thanks so much for having me it's uh really great to be how here how <laughs> are you doing i'm doing pretty good yeah it's been pretty busy lately finally <laughs> after a slow start to the year but uh yeah things are going pretty good it's looking like things are starting to move again yeah. so so yeah. i'm always gonna bounce off that uh the year has been slow because of the year before um what were you doing just before covid started like i guess what plans did you have just before covid started uh how did covid affect it oh man well i had a lot of plans personally <laughs> um i was supposed to go on vacation to mexico get married in august and then do a big house reno right after or before sometime mm -hmm. in there anyways none of that well, the, the house reno happened. That's about it. <laughs> but besides that, business-wise, um, I was supposed to do a bunch of shows. Like I was, I'd signed up for all kinds of festivals and shows down in Toronto, even signing up for one in Winnipeg. Um, yeah, none of that happened. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a weird summer. Um, but at least I still could work because I work alone for the most part. Um, I was still able to produce things, still able to mail it. I had a website that was fully functional. So, you know, it, it was just a little bit different. I didn't have, um, I usually do a farmer's market on the weekends and that was closed for a while. And then they were only allowing certain vendors, mostly the farmers, which is fair. Um, so I didn't do that for quite a while. So missing that, um, and a few of my major retailers actually closed mm. completely like oh, out of business. oh oh wow yeah so that so i my wholesale also went down mm. quite a bit so it was a bit of a a weird year up and down but i managed to you know survive here i am <laughs> still here yeah, COVID, COVID, uh <laughs> has been devastating in in so many ways for all pretty much everybody um i don't think I can remember i remember like march i think it was march when that very first lockdown started and all i all i would thinking was that in my lifetime i don't remember an event that made the world just shut down like the entire world the planet just shut down yeah it was a scary thing but i don't know kind of i just felt deep down in me it's like everybody will die or will find a way to get out of this <laughs> yeah and yeah and we were all the same boat <laughs> like everyone else was sitting around with nothing else to do but watching oh Netflix my god did you watch like, tiger king <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I remember like I'm like we were watching some shows and then and then Netflix kept suggesting this now like okay, what the hell is a Tiger King? I couldn't like I think I finished it in one day. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I think we finished it in like Yeah, three, no, no, three. like okay, like I started early <laughs> and then I watched it and then I took a break and then I just sat up now watching I couldn't believe what I was watching with my eyes. Like, this is not like, you know, it's one of those stories that if someone told you, you'd be like, nah, man, you're lying. You're lying. Um, um, yeah. So let's talk about Poison Pear. How did you get into doing what you do? 
Um, well, a bit of a roundabout way. So I went to NASCAD um, and did study silkscreen printing and drawing, and but I actually majored in ceramics. Oh! But I... <laughs> yeah, so I was working mm. in clay just because you can't just do that at home. But after I graduated, um, it was the textiles that I kept doing. So I was still screen printing, you know, adding little things to my pants. And I got a sewing machine and I was trying to make my own clothes, not very successfully then. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> after graduating, my boyfriend and I decided to move to Victoria mm. and randomly, well, not really randomly, through his work, people, knowing people, got a job with a small clothing company that really took a big chance on me, not having all that much actual experience. Mm. So they stuck me on a sewing machine, took a chance, and uh, just to see what I could do. And I took to it pretty quickly because an actual industrial sewing machine, it I don't know, it was just like so much easier than this one that my grandma <laughs> gave me that's barely <laughs> So yeah, it went well. The, the little trial went well, and they decided to keep me around, and I worked there for about a what year. What things I think. were you? But, what yeah. the type of things were you, you were sewing there? Uh clothing. So like t-shirts. Well, not like t-shirt t-shirts, but like women's clothing, uh, skirts, um, shirts, some bags, that kind mm. of stuff. And I did a little bit of screen printing and print designing too, because that's something that I. Um, I actually did know how to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how how was that year for you, like, walking there? It was good. It was, like, very eye-opening because I didn't really know that there was much of a, like, a clothing industry in Canada. Like, I always thought, yeah, there's designers here, but they, they have it all made overseas and then shipped back and sold here, you know, like, in the big mm -hmm. stores. But seeing this little indie brand just doing it all, in their little studio upstairs with maybe like five employees or maybe 10 total and they had like a couple of their own stores and stuff like that um just made me realize that you know there is a way to do this and that i could do it um yeah so whenever i moved back to halifax i slowly started to think oh yeah maybe i'll do something kind of a little similar over mm. here and when did you start that uh, 2010. So that was like 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, very small. Like I was making a few scarves and uh, maybe some pouches and just selling them on Etsy. And then I did a little uh, like pop up show before Christmas kind of thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just slowly built from there. So it was very much a very small side hustle. Yeah. Did, <laughs> you, did you start out with the name right away? I oh. did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was a story yeah. behind the name. Um, well, I always was a little bit into punk rock and metal and just wanted something that was kind of like, that's not my whole identity. So I wanted something that was kind of the sweet with the edgy oh. and I like, I don't know, I like this like alliteration and the poison apple, poison pear. I don't know. I just, it, I liked it and I could kind of picture, yeah, I could kind of picture it. So. <laughs> Yeah, like there's been a couple times where I thought about changing it, but nothing. I could never think of anything that yeah, I liked no, as much. And it's, so it's I've a great name if you ask me. It's like unique, <laughs> it's distinct to you. This is what it is. You know, it's one of those names. Um, and then uh yeah. how how's the building journey been the last couple of years for Poison Pair and, and for yourself? 
Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a slow road for sure. Um, I'm not. I I really thought I'd have like a retail, like an actual store by now, and that still kind of is where I'd like to go. But I'm not in a huge rush anymore, like I thought I was. It's just so expensive and so risky, and I don't know. I'm kind of I'm all right with doing mostly online right now, and especially this last year. <laughs> You know, I've, that's part of why I was so resilient because I was able to just keep on mm. trucking. So, yeah, I don't know. I've, it's been, if anything, trying to get more wholesale under there and um, and just trying to like bring out some new stuff that's interesting to people because I have a very loyal following mm. um, and getting them to kind of keep coming back and share with their friends and stuff like that has been. So it's been a very organic kind of growth yeah. i guess um and so do you remember the very first time you went uh your business to the market or to like uh what do they call trade show yeah so well i've never done like a trade show that that's for like business to business mm -hmm. kind of thing i just haven't done that yet um but i remember my very first craft mm -hmm. show like when I very first started, I, I literally registered my business so I could do this tiny little oh. craft show. And it was basically just a flat table with a few scarves just folded on it. And like, I think I used a bird cage as like, some, like a mannequin. <laughs> you know? It was really not great visually. <laughs> I had like a lime green tablecloth that I found at Value yeah, Village yeah, that I like yeah. printed my like logo on it. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty, pretty amateurish, but, uh, yeah. And then, um, a few years ago I did my first big show in mm. Toronto, which was just like eye opening. It's like 900 vendors. It's called the one That's of kind crazy. show. And yeah. I, I only did the first How half of it. How many days was that? Um, five Whoa. days, but still it's like set up as two full days. My mom came down from Ottawa to help me. And it was just like, you're so tired after setting up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There from 10 a.m. until 9 p.m. And then there's one late night show, too. Like, it's just, it's a lot. That is, um, oh my gosh. It was yeah. great. <laughs> no, I can't imagine it. Um, first off, do you, how did you prepare for that uh, craft show? And. Um, how were the five days for you, apart from being tired? So, well, I would start prepping, like doing the production as like this show started in November mm. and I would start producing in ideally August, but a lot of times it wasn't in, until like the last three weeks, basically, <laughs> when I was just like sewing like a mad woman, 18, not like, you know, working 12 hour days and just going like crazy. But, um, and then you have to actually get there. So, yeah. <laughs> like I would have to, pack. yeah, I had to ship everything on a big pallet and all this. Cause you have to build out your booth yeah, too. Like it's yeah. insane. I can't even, yeah. Like mini store. Yeah. Days. And like the full show. If you do the full show, it's eleven days. So that's what I did the next year and the year after that. Uh, you did eleven year, eleven days. Eleven days, but set, again, set up two full days beforehand. So it's Still, like. Still, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've, yeah. Oh my gosh. 
And it's just nonstop. You do get like, what is there one? There's one shorter day. It's like a Sunday where it closes at 6 mm. p.m. And then the last day also closes at 6 p.m. And it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, <laughs> You're just rolling the pass out. You feel like a zombie. Do you take time, uh, do you like, take time off after, after those uh, crafts shows? Yeah, yeah. So like I'll usually, um, the last couple times I did that, I would drive back to Ottawa with my mom and visit with my family. That's where I'm originally from. So I have um, my brother and his family lives there mm -hmm. still too. And uh, all their kids and my grandma. So yeah, I would visit them for a few days and then carry on mm. back. So that so, was nice. Uh, you're from Ottawa originally. What brought you to Nova Scotia? I was in Nascot. Yeah, oh, okay. exactly. Yeah, I came here in 2002. Yeah. yeah. So what made you decide to, st well, you moved to Victoria with your boyfriend then, but like when you were, yeah. you know, we're why did back. you decide to make uh, Nova Scotia home? It just always felt like home. Like as soon as I moved here, like I never really felt all that at home in Ottawa or my hometown, which was south mm -hmm. of Ottawa. Um, and it wasn't until I moved to Halifax that I was like, yeah, I really mm -hmm. like it here. But then after we were here for a while, it's like you run into the same people all the time. It's like, you know, that small town feel. And you're like, oh my God, maybe we just need to go somewhere different. So we went to no to Victoria, which turned out to be like bizarro Halifax. Huh. It's like you run into all these people. It's another small oh. port city. And university town. And there's just like you run into all these people and they're like, we would call them bizarro who whatever, because they're exactly like these people that we yeah, knew in Halifax, yeah, but yeah. they're <laughs> like, you know, the same look to them, the same like personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was really weird. Um, but it was really kind of hard place to make friends there. And like, I don't know, like we had our work friends and he was in a band and stuff. And, uh, and then our both of our grandfathers actually passed away while we were out oh. there, like right around the same so, time. Uh, your grandfather would be Ottawa, and his was where? He his was uh, here in Halifax, and mine was oh, in Montreal. Montreal. Okay. Yeah. So and so mine passed away right around Remembrance Day, so in the fall, and then his was right after or on New Year's Eve. So. Uh, it was after that that we kind of realized how far it is mm. from home. You know, a six to eight yeah. hour flight. Like, you know, <laughs> really expensive. I, I was telling a friend of mine that, um, like, you know, if you go from, say, Halifax to, you know, Calgary or something, or, or Victoria, it's like, you fly forever. Like, you can go to a different country in shorter time than that. Yeah, totally. It's such a long flight and and it's so it got so expensive oh. too, right? So we couldn't afford to come back all that often. Um yeah, so after that we were like, man, we just maybe we should move a little closer yeah. to home and uh didn't feel like moving to Ottawa. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um now with with poison pear, like with the designs what's the process uh, and you do some screen printing like so talk talk me through like from when it's in your head to when it's you know finally in, in the customer's hands mm, yeah so I'll, I'll start with either drawing in my sketchbook or actually on my laptop it, it comes apart to become like an, a drawing pad 
uh, so That's I me. do drawings. Yeah, I love it. It's <laughs> a <laughs> Microsoft Surface okay. Pro. It's, I really like it. Uh, anyway, so I'd start with drawings and then um, take those and import them into uh, into uh, Illustrator and can kind of you can make a pattern out of it mm. on that or at least like uh. figure out the placement. So that's what I do. And then I print it out onto a transparency and then there's like a special light. Uh, what do you call it? Like photo sensitive mm. coating called emulsion that you put on the screen that whenever you put your photo positive, which is your transparency on top of it and shine a light through, it like hardens this paste and then washes out where the ink was. So then that becomes your stencil and you can reuse it over and over again. So that's how that's done. <laughs> do, you, do you now you have the, I guess, the material. How do you decide what you sew with it? Uh, again, I do lots of little sketches and it's a lot of times just based on what I want to wear. <laughs> so, you know, I'll, I'll make little, uh, prototypes and if I, I like the way it fits and I think that other people would mm. like it too, then that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess with, you know, you take this journey, move back to Halifax and then start creating this business. Like what were some difficulties you experienced as you're building this thing you love um probably just feeling like well when i had a like an actual job just balancing it because i was getting pretty busy doing my own thing and i was wanting to do these bigger shows and stuff mm -hmm. like that but it just so happened that I was working in retail and their busy times were the same as up, my yeah. busy times. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was always having to like hire help for that, those times. And then, you know, just feeling like I was kind of stretched thin mm -hmm. in that way. Um, yeah. So that was probably the, the biggest thing. Um, photos is always a tricky part too, getting good photos because you're like so you know almost, you know you you do have some models especially on the website but you are also in some of the photos right so like you have someone taking the yeah. pictures so a lot of times it's just me <laughs> 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 like a like a thing so i can see what i look like and i'm like okay yeah i look pretty good and then i just like put it on the bench <laughs> next to me or something <laughs> yeah so or i have my boyfriend to pull the trigger or my yeah, my yeah she sometimes takes my photo or I'll do take pictures of her or yeah, I'll get sometimes get a model in, but yeah, I do a lot of my own pho photography. Mm. Um, it was another thing I took at NASCAR. Oh, so okay. like yeah. Well, you know, everything yeah. lends in NASCAR. Well, do you use the yeah. ceramic for anything at all? Not, no, I haven't. I'd love to pick it up again, but I just haven't. I, I even had for a little while, I had a kiln in my oh. basement, but my basement was like, you know, it was short, so I would have been going, like, hunching down, and it was full of spiders <laughs> and, <laughs> and leaky, so it's not somewhere I wanted to be, yeah. so I just never oh used, ended up selling it. A couple it. of years ago, <laughs> I made, I made a, uh, a documentary about this, like, you know, impresario of uh, Clay, and, well, his name is Walter Ostrom, and, like, he taught for a while in Nazca. 
Oh, Walter. Oh, wow. Like, isn't he? Yeah, Walter is so cool. Isn't he like uh, an encyclopedia of ceramics? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he was. Really great yeah, teacher to have. I'm, I'm like, I'm like watching, <laughs> you know, you know, because it took a while, you know, documentaries it take a while to make. Like, um, we're spending months and months with this person, and we started actually because he was having this series of lectures. So that's how we started shooting. That's the like, first thing we started shooting, and like the lectures were all day, but then they were not boring because I'm like, fuck, you know, you're talking about pots, but he's like talking about the the story behind the pots and like how they're made and like you know the meaning and he loves china a lot right you know he was talking about the han dynasty and the this and the that and then um you know and then he also like does oh god i'm gonna it's like rhododendrons or something yeah he, you know he he also wow. like splices them and like he makes his own He's this interesting character. I had a lot of fun making it. And then part of that course was that this, you know, so it was these students that were making stuff and like, so they were making the uh, pots over the, I think it was a week or two weeks. So they were making these pots, you know, they were, you know, first there was the lecture, then the actual make it with yourself, you know, with your hands. And then I saw a kill. It's really unassuming this thing, but apparently it gets really, really hot. <laughs> yeah, because it's like melting glass, yeah. basically, right? Like that's how it fuses yeah. it yeah. and hardens oh, it. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I had a great time uh, making that documentary, and he's like such an interesting person. And then his wife is amazing. So we ended it yeah. with like. Mm, he he had his students come to his house for dinner and then his wife cooked this spectacular meal and then they were eating from like things they made and each one has a story and one of the stories that stood out to me was him talking about like how chinese soldiers the way they drink from the cup will tell you if a person is a soldier or if there's a farmer it was interesting because for making it to uh, Thanksgiving dinner at his house one time, because uh, he used to have any students that didn't have anywhere to go, they would go to his house. So I went one time. Did you know that he has a? Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, the the red law, red law in the thirties, and unfortunately, red law is he's passed on now. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, but Sad. but red yeah, law made really it into fun. the film, but he passed on before the film was done. <laughs> yeah Aww. it's you know what i've told uh, like you know like you have a dog and there are people that have cats and there are people that have fucking snakes i don't know why you have a snake as a pet but okay um i'm like if i'm ever having a pet it has to be a tortoise man because like when you know the thing is just there money is business there is yeah, no just... maintenance you don't need to walk it it just eats his leaf yeah they just follow the and they live forever <laughs> like you know if 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 i had a uh, tortoises from like 10, 20 years ago. The thing might out, will possibly uh, leave me because those things, you know, leave forever and ever. And yeah, ever. they live forever. Anyway, yeah, yeah no, no, it's great. You know, when you mention ceramics, like, hmm, could it have been? Walter is a really interesting person. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how was the Thanksgiving dinner you had at his place? 
oh, it was amazing. Like he showed us around his garden and like talking. And again, like you said, all the cups and stuff, he would give us a tour of his China cabinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. China is really important. Really <laughs> In fact, we actually, so, you know, to make a photo for the documentary, we had some people shoot stuff in China and send it down uh, to, to add to it. It was a great film. I had a great uh, experience making it. And anyway, <laughs> so um, what are some things, I mean, apart from like the screen print, like thing, no, you know, not like the tangible, th like, you know, so you use some of the photography and the screen printing and all those things you learned in NASCAR, but are they like abstract things that you picked up while you were in NASCAR that you're using in Poison Pear? Um... I would say, well, I did take like a, like a, what do you call it? Like a business for oh. artists. Class. Oh, so that yeah. was like the beginnings, like kind of a little bit of, you know, knowledge in that way of like how to do cash sheets and mm. all that stuff and planning, um, pricing things. But I think it's more just the, the jobs that I've had, like working retail and like a management like I was a manager in retail and like um and the other like working for the clothing company too just all that kind of behind the scenes stuff that goes mm. into it um kind of gave me a bit more confidence <laughs> to, to does it ever get scary you know running your business uh yeah sure like I don't know there's always those those th times when you're not making any sales or many sales and you know that you're you still have to pay your bills and stuff. <laughs> you know, luckily, I don't completely rely on yeah, myself. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was there was a time when yeah, it's like it's there's always ups and downs with mm, things. Let's so, talk about your Instagram. Yeah. Uh, your you know you have this great followership. How did you build uh, your follows follow your followership on Instagram? And how do you decide what you share on Instagram? um i mean pretty organically i don't feel like i have that many followers mm. on that like i don't think four thousand yeah, like i'm you, at 40. you do, you do. <laughs> I, don't know. I guess you're too focused on like making this stuff to care about the numbers but you have great numbers and they are really engaged too oh oh I, sorry, you no, cut no, out no. for a second there. <laughs> I was saying, no, 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 you have really great numbers and they are also really engaged too. Yeah, they are really engaged. And again, it's the organic growth of like starting with like a local following and kind of building on that. And, uh, you know, I have done a few like giveaways and stuff like that to try and build followers. And it does help a little bit. <laughs> But uh, yeah, for the most part, it's just from using relevant tags, like hashtags and posting, I don't know, I guess, interesting photos. I like, I like to kind of switch up from just doing uh, product shots to doing behind the scenes. Like I do a lot of photos and videos of printing and how that works. Cause a lot of people just, you know, they'd have no idea what goes mm. into it and uh, the process behind it. And they're really interested in it. So I do a little bit of that and uh, yeah, it's uh, trying to decide what to sh to post is always yeah. difficult. I find that half the time 
yeah, I think I'm like, okay, I need to post something on Instagram today. And then what am I going to post? I'm like, I don't know. I just don't post anything. So I don't post as much as I, sh- I know I should. <laughs> we, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's, let's go back to COVID. Uh, COVID happened. Plans go shut down. But, you know, you said luckily you had your website and you were selling from there. Um, how easy was it for you to make that pivot? And what are some things you had to change uh, in how you do business directly due to COVID? Um, I didn't have to pivot too much because, like I said, it, w- it was already mm-hmm. there. Um, and <laughs> it was kind of nice knowing that everyone was online so I had a a very attentive audience (laughs) so you know there was a little while where I was doing pretty well that people were really wanting to support local and stuff so um yeah I was actually doing pretty well for a little bit there it was actually when the stores opened up again and people could go back to Costco and go back to (laughs) Old Navy and stuff that uh you know it slowed down a little bit again um so yeah, I think the biggest thing was adding uh, local delivery and pickup oh. as an option to my website, which I haven't really done before, but um, just trying to make it easier for people, you know, to get their stuff and give locals more options, because a lot of times they would just pick it up from the market, but I wasn't there mm. anymore. So, you know, instead I was saying, you know, you can drive out to Porter's Lake to my studio if you want to pick it up there or for five bucks, I'll deliver it within Dartmouth or Halifax kind of thing. Um, and, but, you know, like, what are some things you learned when you added the home delivery and pickup? Uh, well, you have to be really clear about when you're going to be around. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes there was a once that I got a phone call from someone, you know, and I did have a thing in saying that these are my hours and like the days that I'm around, but uh, you always get those people that just kind of show up. (laughs) (laughs) And then where are you? Luckily, I only live like five to ten minutes away. So, (laughs) um, and then same with the 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 local delivery. If you only have like one or two, it's not really worth mm. it. So I did get rid of it after a while because I weren't was, there weren't as many people like asking for local mm. delivery for a bit. So yeah, pick up pick up is more more your jam. Um, now you know we live in one of the I guess luckiest places in the planet where things are opening up um, and life is gradually returning mm. back to normal. Vaccines are getting shared and all that um what things are you doing i guess in preparation for that and talking of like um those craft shows i don't think do they do anything virtually um they're a little bit i didn't do very many of the virtual shows like there were a lot of them going around at christmas i did one that was that one of a kind show the toronto show i did that one virtually because it was a two month long basically, and it ties in with Shopify, which is what I already use. So keeping track of inventory um, was pretty easy. And uh, I knew it was going to just be like a slow trickle, not just like um, one weekend of something and then nothing yeah. kind of thing. So um, 
Yeah, I did that and it, it was exactly what I expected. It was just like a slow trigger, trickle of sales over mm-hmm. the two months, um, but it was better than nothing and I made a profit on it. So all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all the other one. It seemed like so much work for not that much reward. <laughs> so you guys want to know, you know, um, you you do the screen prints, you sew it, you get all that, you do the delivery. Like, is it just you? Like, really? Do, like, do you have anyone help from time to time, or is it all just Beth? From time to time, I have help. Like, uh, I have hired some people in the past to like work the market mm-hmm. for me or to uh, do some sewing mm-hmm. when I need it and stuff like that. Right now, it is just me wow. and. For the next little bit, it'll probably just be me, but I would like to add someone. <laughs> <laughs> just to yeah, I'm looking at this thing is like, it's so intricate. The patterns are like super specific. So you have to really, really spend your time, especially on your silk screens. And then you make it and then yeah. you sew it. And, oh my God, that's so much work. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I had, I, I did hire someone to do some help with some sewing, but part of how I do things is like there's a lot of waiting for ink to dry. <laughs> so, so yeah, you have this going on, then you have yeah. that going on. Yeah, oh, so I print yeah. something and then yeah, something, go yeah, back to printing yeah, and back and forth. And that way my body doesn't get as tired either. So I kind of like that. So when I hired this person to do mm-hmm. some sewing, just part time, but even then I was like I was only printing. <laughs> And I was just, uh, yeah. you know, waiting or doing yeah. admin yeah. or something yeah. in between. But my body gets so sore. So, <laughs> <laughs> I usually have. And then you're also kind of babysitting. Uh, yeah, that was the other thing I was saying. Like, you know, because, like, poison pear is your baby, right? You know where you want things to be. When when the time comes for you to hire someone, how what are the things you're going to put in place? So how are you going to decide these people you invite to join you in this what you're working on yeah um i'll probably get someone more experienced to start off with because the person that i hired they weren't super experienced but they were you know very Mm gung-ho to learn um and they they did know the basics and um but yeah i would get someone who's more experienced and maybe not actually come to my studio to do it but um, have it be like piecework or something like What's piecework? I would bring them a uh, where they sew like by the per unit kind of thing. They were, oh, you know, per unit. okay. So there you go. And then, like, stack stuff, and then they do it and they it's they they oh, uh, charge you for. Okay. Yeah, no, no, that, that, yeah, well, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, yeah that, 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 <laughs> that sounds cool because it's like, you know, basically the person needs to deliver X amount and then you know where you're going to get that for that person for this amount of money. Just, you know, yeah. it makes calculating easier because then, you know, if the person is like being paid while they're working, anyway, yeah, I completely get that. Completely get that. Um, uh, and, and, you know, as I mentioned, things are opening up starting to get out there but like you know mm-hmm. fast forward a couple of years in the future apart from having your own retail space what are some dreams you have for poison pair um like i don't, I don't want to grow too big like i don't want to be this huge company with you know all this stuff like i would i would like to have i, I think it'd be really cool to have like 
a production and retail store. Do you know what I mean? Like, so people can kind of see it and, you know, being in more stores also would be great. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have all these like huge dreams of, (laughs) you know, being really big. Like I kind of like, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I think, you know, from, and I might be wrong, but I guess the vibe is that you want, people to know that there is a bit of you in everything they are wearing or everything they get from poison pear is, is that okay? yeah, totally. yeah. That, that as much that as yeah much. even if i wasn't yeah. like yeah from mm, start to finish this, it's still this, this touch of yeah. you of beth like there's a bit of beth in every piece that comes out um so yeah. one thing you started adding to the store during uh, as COVID happened was a mask how did he decide to go with that design because like you know usually you're used to kind of like just a loop and it's there but you took this different approach to how you're making people to tie it up with the how you i guess design the you know so like you kind of have one that hooks and then one that you tie yeah 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 it's it's like a loop that goes over over the head and behind A lot of it was because of necessity. So whenever masks became mandated and stuff, everyone started making them, but no one could get elastic. (laughs) (laughs) So I used what elastic I had, but then once I ran out of that elastic, it was like, okay, now what? So I basically was using the scrap piece of fabric that's on like the edge of the the mm-hmm. roll like just kind mm-hmm. of on the edge and i didn't find i didn't find that it worked very well just as a loop like mm-hmm. it was too loose but when you could like tie it it yeah. worked really well and there's lots of people that didn't like wearing it over their ears all day they wanted it to be more secure behind their head so that's yeah. what i did and i still you can kind of cut it at the top and just tie it behind your ears if that's what you like so that's what i have been doing on some of them for when you oh, just want to like I didn't know go that but like yeah because i have a yeah. like my head is massive so it's true <laughs> like every mask would either be too small or like just weird so i was like why didn't i see this because yeah. like it just makes sense like when i tie it i'm the one that decides how much gap i'm giving myself exactly yeah it's very yeah. adjustable so yeah, because I see a lot of people that always yep. like every two seconds, every two seconds. I like, like I also wear. Yeah, it's true. I also wear glasses. So it has to yeah. kind of go under my glass so that, you know, my glass holds it. Yeah, down. yeah. I, it's just a process. But I mean, yeah, and I put the wire in all mine, too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying it. Just. So, um, you know, you have these plans that are just unique to you. Um, but I want to end with this, though. Uh, what would you tell yourself that you know now uh, when you were starting out 10 years ago? Just oh, go wow. for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm... I am very risk averse and I still am, but you know, don't, don't be afraid <laughs> to, to just go for it and do it. And, uh, yeah, I didn't start making clothing until maybe five, four years in five years in. Um, and I kind of, it was only like one, one item and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, you know, I didn't really go big with it, but I kind of wish that I had kind of 
gone more on that track mm. earlier because I wasn't really all that fond of making like coaches <laughs> and stuff. I just thought I should be doing, yeah. you know? So anyway, yeah, I just kind of wish that I had gone for it a little sooner because it took me, a, it took me a really long time to kind of figure out what I actually wanted to do and like what, a, what I wanted it to look like. And I'm still kind of figuring it out. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. I like that. Um, you know, so just go for it. And I mean, you're going to be learning in the process anyway, so might as well. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Oh, man, Beth, thank you so much for coming to the sanctuary and for sharing it and for uh making me remember the time I walked on Walt Ostrom's uh documentary and meeting the man himself. Yeah, you have to if you have a link to that, you should send it oh, to me. Oh, yeah. Let's okay, cool. It. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do I'll do just that. I'll do just that. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs>